0: Hi, everyone. I'm Auro Ogorian with ACAP Advisors and Accountants, and welcome to another edition of the ACAP Recap. Traditionally, we answer some of the most frequently asked questions we receive from you. However, every once in a while, we bring in subject matter experts to talk about a very specific topic. And today, we're going to have Ben Sarto with Gordon Insurance. He's going to talk to us about cybersecurity insurance, which is extremely important, especially nowadays with so much Um, ransomware and cyber attacks that are occurring on websites. It's a very apropos subject matter. So stay tuned. We're going to have Ben Sarto on in a few minutes. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I'm very pleased to uh, introduce Ben Sarto with Gordon Insurance. Uh, Ben is a property and casualty insurance agent, which means that he deals with commercial properties, residential properties. Uh, And today he's going to talk to us about cybersecurity, which is a huge and growing field in insurance. So uh, welcome, Ben. Great to have you. You're a great friend of mine. I'm excited to do this with you.
1: All right. Thank you so much for the kind words and for having me this morning. I'm very excited to be here and honored. And thank you, everyone, for the time and the opportunity. So, um, yeah, so cyber insurance, cybersecurity, it's obviously a huge, um, you know, huge deal right now. There's been large um, hacks in the business world of JBS plan. Um, even an insurance company called CNA had a huge cyber attack and um, a lot of customers' information was leaked. It's a, it's a big deal. Um, so cyber insurance is also a relatively new um, line of coverage. It, it used to be included in your regular general liability policy, mm. um, but it was limited. It didn't have that much coverage. It was not really known or used. Um, it's really been implemented more in the past 10 years, since about 2010. Um when you know the internet was really on fire and people were really online and storing critical data and information on customers um, when it really became um, its own line of coverage. Can you first so, maybe
0: define like what cyber insurance is? Like I mean, I'm I'm sure some people know out there what it is, but for the people who don't know what it is, what does it really entail? I mean, I get the impression it has to do something with the internet, but I'm sure it's more than that.
1: Right, exactly. So basically in layman's terms, cyber insurance. Is a data breach that occurs when an unauthorized party gains access to digital assets on your business's network, on hardware, software, even mobile devices like a like a cell phone. Oh wow! Um, okay. Yep. And and these and types of data breaches are uh, things you've heard of, like phishing scams, malware attack, ransomware. Um, if your computer gets a virus, so you get a hardware malfunction. Um, that, that is what is covered by cyber insurance. Um, and it, an example of a digital asset would be employee records. So if you are taking credit card information over the phone mm-hmm. and storing it, um, date of births, you know, as an insurance broker, I have, you know, uh, birthday information. I've got VIN number info, uh, driver's license, a lot of sensitive data. Um, as a CPA RA, you might have financial statements and other financial information on your client's that's a digital asset. So okay. if things like that ever get accessed by an unauthorized party, that's when a cyber breach or a cyber incident has occurred.
0: How do you do the, like how does an insurance agency do the pricing? Because I'm assuming that, you know, like what data do they look at? Obviously you have large companies and small companies. Do they look at how many clients you have? And uh, yeah, what, how how's the pricing work on it? Not so much like how does the pricing work, but how do they determine the pricing?
1: Sure, so a big aspect and a big factor on pricing comes from the revenue of the company. Mm -hmm. That's really how they decide and determine how large of a company, um, you know, your business is and how much you may, how much access um, you have to employee information. Um, And um, obviously employee count is pretty big, um, but it's it's really comes down to revenue, which determines the size of the business. Mm -hmm. Um, Two other factors I would say is the amount of coverage you're requesting. So if you're requesting, you know, Limits uh, up to like five million dollars, which is very high for a cyber insurance policy. That's going to cost you obviously a lot more than a policy for let's say a hundred thousand or five hundred thousand. How do you and know?
0: Most, how do you know how much to get? I mean, <laughs>
1: right. So so again, that you'll leave up to your insurance broker, mm-hmm. and they'll discuss it with the underwriter. Um, like I said, insurance, cyber insurance is a relatively new line of coverage to be standing on its own. Like it used to be wrapped up with general liability. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there's, there's experts on it and I don't claim to be an expert in cyber insurance, but I have written enough policies that I know what goes into it and and what, what companies and clients of mine would benefit more than others. Um, And the underwriters though, is who I personally as an insurance broker fall back on. Because these guys are experts in it. They mm-hmm. are experts in the field. They do this all day, every day. You know, while I might focus on some commercial real estate and homeowners insurance and cyber, all these guys do is cyber. Wow, so okay. if you if you really want to, you know, know how much your particular business should have, and you know, do you need certain coverages, all the coverages, just some, that is when you have a conversation with your broker and and really get the guidance
0: there okay uh you mentioned article i really think that it's probably a good idea for you to take all this information that you have which you do have a lot and even though you claim you're not an expert you're you know a lot more than me and probably most of the people listening and watching this so i'd really recommend you kind of put that into an article and we can post it on our website and put it in our in our youtube channel as well um can you do you have a couple of case studies you can use, like maybe some examples of some clients you've had that have experienced this and utilized it?
1: Sure. So, so thankfully, none of my clients have experienced a cyber attack, or so they have experienced cyber attack, but not had to call upon the cyber insurance yet. Okay. Um, I hope it stays that way. Honestly, Let's um, hope yeah. It, it, exactly. <laughs> but what I was thinking about doing was there's five main coverages on the cyber policy, and I would like. I was thinking I'd go through each one. Oh, awesome. And, okay. and give a clear explanation of what that coverage will protect your particular business from.
0: Awesome, I'm gonna take notes as you're talking about the five different coverages. Right.
1: Perfect, and and also like you mentioned, I'm happy to write an article and you could post it where um, the listeners can go and you know save it as a PDF and have it on hand. So the first coverage that you're likely to see on a cyber policy is called network security. And that covers um, first party costs, or expenses that you or the business incurs um, as a result of a cyber attack. So that covers things like legal expenses, um, IT forensics, um, where you have a team, and that is usually um, supplied by your insurance company, where they'll have a team of cyber forensics to go out into the into the web and collect and try to get your data and try to recover everything that was lost. Um, negotiation and payment of ransomware, which wow. are the big ones, so if, if there's a ransomware, you know where you have to come up with a million dollars you know to get your clients information back they will pay that that's what it covers will they even um, also pay
0: it if it's in bitcoin because a lot of people are asking for bitcoin nowadays
1: great question so <laughs> honestly that is that's an area where i would go to an underwriter and say does this cyber policy cover for bitcoin and and, and um uh, electronic funds so that's a whole new realm that the cyber insurance world has to now um, adjust to So right. great question um and just a couple more examples they'll, they'll set up a call center for your company and your business so if your employees or your uh your clients call in and say what's happening i need information they will set up a call center for you and take those calls and and field those questions um they'll also they also have things like public relations expertise mm-hmm. so if it's on the news you know local or even national depending on the size of your business um they will have public relations experts um help your company regain its, its image. Wow. Um, and then of course just one other nice thing is, um, they will do credit monitoring and identity, uh, restoration, um, for the business and for your clients and employees. Um, so it's, it's a really broad range of coverages and that's just one part of cyber insurance. So this oh. is giving you and your listeners an idea of how fast this Area is. And
0: this all falls under the umbrella of just the first one, the network security?
1: Just network security. Wow, okay. So then we've got privacy liability as the second main coverage you're likely to see. And that protects your company from liabilities arising out of a cyber incident or privacy law violation. So, um, you know, it'll defend your organization from any consumer class action lawsuits and uh, funding a potential settle- settlement. In the event of a cyber incident or a data Mm -hmm. breach so um that's a that's a pretty big one because you know assuming there ever was a cyber attack most likely you're going to be dealing with privacy liability um
0: okay that that makes sense sense.
1: right uh third was network business interruption Mm -hmm. so if your network or the network of a provider that you rely on goes down due to an incident you can recover your lost profits Um, or any fixed expenses or extra costs that incurred during that time. So this is kind of like a business income or loss of income coverage where if your network or the network of a provider goes down that you rely on Mm -hmm. to make money, basically, uh, any lost income you can collect through network business interruption.
0: Wow, so for example, let's say if I use a particular CRM software, client relationship management software, and for some reason that software goes down for a week and now like it's interrupting my ability to interact with clients or do billing or whatever it might be that would qualify under this, um, you know, uh, network business interruption. Yep.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay. um, obviously I have to put a disclaimer just for legal purposes. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not, I'm not an, I'm, I'm not a, uh, you know, appraiser. I'm not, you know, saying yes, 100% guaranteed every claim will be covered. I have to, that's that's just the world we live in now. Um, but these, these are what coverages are supposed to be um, protected for on all these policies. So fourth, we've got media liability. And this is actually a really interesting one. Um, so this provides coverage for intellectual property infringement, um, other than patent infringement, obviously, um, but resulting from advertising your services. And it applies to both online advertising and printed advertising. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I want to really highlight is social media posts. And I actually have yeah. a friend whose wife has a very large social media following on Instagram. And she reposted a picture from another account. Mm-hmm. How, we repost pictures on Instagram every single day. She did this but it was from business perspective. It was from her business um, Instagram business account. Okay. And she got sued by this Instagram account.
0: Wow. Wow. She why? did
1: not she did not have written permission from this account to share their post for business purposes. And and this is it was an it was an infringement on, on their intellectual property.
0: Um That is wild. I never I thought that I mean I'm not you know, active on Instagram, but I just thought that you know people are sharing stuff all the time, and it's in the public domain, and it's not really.
1: They do, and I, I think the big the big kicker on this one is that we shared posts usually as uh, for personal reasons, just for you know sharing from a, from a personal standpoint, you know, sharing a funny picture or a video. But I believe because she was doing it under a business pretense. So that became an infringement because it was it was used in a business setting, um, wow.
0: yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I thought okay. that was a pretty interesting one. Yeah. Keep you know, beware of whatever you're posting, especially in a business setting. So that's good good information.
1: Yep. Yeah. And then lastly, number five, we've got E and O, and that's classic errors and omissions mm-hmm. um, under the cyber coverage. So E and O under cyber insurance will cover claims arising from errors in the, your performance uh, to perform your services. So this can employ, uh, include anything from technology services, which is obviously the big player in the cyber world. Mm-hmm. But it can also uh, you know, affect people like consultants or even lawyers, doctors, CPAs. Um, and um, it essentially addresses allegations of negligence or breach of contract um, in, in the scope of your work. Um, and that will cover legal defense costs and any settlements with the customers.
0: So I mean, is there a lot of overlap between the regular E&O coverage and the, this is considered cybersecurity E&O, or this is really just under all of the cybersecurity policy in and of itself?
1: Right, so so for, for a, so someone not in the technology field, like a doctor, a lawyer, a CPA, right. your E&O is going to protect you for, you know, those, those classic E&O, you know, allegations like, you know, the, the guy didn't write my books correctly, didn't balance things the right way, or the doctor had a classic medical malpractice event. Um, but in terms of if the cyber event was the cause of the, of the negligence or the error, yeah. then that's when it'll fall under the cyber coverage. Okay. So again, it's, it's always cyber related. Um, but if the cyber causes an e and scenario, that's what covers
0: Okay, wow, this is fantastic. I mean, uh, truly, I had no idea that cybersecurity was so vast and it covered so many different areas of it. I highly recommend you write that article that we talked about. So it'll uh, be enormously yeah. beneficial. Um, anything else related to cybersecurity that we haven't already covered that you think is important?
1: Sure. So, so there's I put down on my notes there's sub, there's something called sublimits, and that's mm-hmm. in pretty much every policy cyber liability, property, anything you get, there's going to be something called sublimits. And these are little extra, I call them bells and whistles, that are not in your main categories of coverage. Mm -hmm. So I jotted down three that I thought everyone would be interested to hear about, and just know that there's a lot more, and it really shows how vast these insurance policies are, what they cover, and how um, important they are truly, and we don't really fully appreciate it. Um, so two things, and I kind of touched upon them in the uh, coverage above, but there's something called social engineering mm-hmm. and coverage, and that's a sublimit and, um, phishing emails, for examples, um, you know, if you have, um, a, an employee who is duped by a phishing email, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, an email comes from the CEO and it says, Mr. Employee, please wire X amount of funds to me immediately. And the employee Unfortunately, falls for it um, and sends the funds to the hacker. That is a coverage that's covered under social engineering, where they engineered another person's identity, essentially, in the company Mm -hmm. and uh, extorted the, the business for money. So that's one.
0: Yep. So, so that, that'd have to be like a rider, like it's an addition to the regular policy that you'd have to get, or it's included within it.
1: So, so it's not a rider because a rider technically is something you have to add on. Okay. It's a sub limit. So it's, it's not, you're going to have your main five coverages with whatever limit of insurance you purchase. So let's say you buy a $1 million cyber policy. Mm-hmm. Those top five that we spoke about earlier are going to have a $1 million limit. Okay. Sub limits are going to have their own limits of coverage, so they're not going to go up to a million, but they'll have their own sublimits, okay. and that could be you know a ten thousand dollars sublimit, it could be a hundred thousand dollars sublimit. That's when you have to talk to your broker and and really look into your policy and see what those are. Okay. Um, and then uh, one other that I'll just add is something called bricking, and I think this is a pretty interesting one. Bricking. Bricking. Okay. B r i c k i n g. And it's, it's funny because it, it's essentially exactly what it sounds like. If your laptop turns into a brick, essentially, <laughs> if it is unusable because of a hack, a virus, some malware, and it's a brick, it's as good as a brick, this sublimit will pay for a new laptop. So, yeah. you know, if, if part of this, you know, hacking and malware attack the company is extorted for money. Mm-hmm. That, that will come from coverage elsewhere in the policy. But if you need to buy a new laptop now because your laptop is unusable, you look at your bricking coverage, you see what your sublimit is, hopefully it's at least 5,000 and you get yourself a brand new Mac.
0: Wow, that's incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah, so.
0: So let's, let's talk a little bit about deductibles because obviously with insurance, you know, you wanna know what your deductible is. I mean, let's just continue with this uh, uh, computer example. If your deductible is $5,000, but your uh, your laptop costs $1,000, obviously you're not going to claim an insurance claim for it. How do the right. deductibles work? I'm assuming there's like different levels of them and kind of how does that work?
1: Yeah, so so again, it's going to really come down to the limits of coverage you you buy mm-hmm. and um, the size of your business and, and what you as a company feel you can do. So um, I have clients who have... Five million dollar um, cyber policies. Um, it's required by the contracts they run because mm-hmm. they're also working on uh, third party um, networks and and software. Right. So it's a huge huge liability. Their deductibles are thirty thousand. Wow. Okay. And and you know it, it will if there's a cyber attack, their their claim is going to be significantly over 30K. thirty k. Thirty thousand is something they can do. Um, it will it will totally totally. Um, make them whole again Um, for bricking coverage for instance like you're saying because that seems like a perfect coverage for maybe a smaller business you know where a five thousand dollar laptop expense is a big deal right um like deductibles can be as low as a thousand dollars they could be five hundred dollars um it just depends on where you want your annual premium to be Mm. and what coverage you need at the end of the day also, some sublimits can be deductible-free. So, depending on the carrier and the way your policy is set up, sublimits might not be um, might not be uh, subject to a deductible. So, again, talk to your broker about your specific policy because there are a lot out there and well, a lot of changes between them
0: Well, hopefully, they reach out to you when they're uh, thinking about who they're going to contact for cyber insurance and other things. Uh, anything? Know, so. Anything else related to cyber insurance that? we haven't discussed, it's important to to cover.
1: Yeah, so I I have more notes here, but I I know that I've already shared a ton and I think it would be beneficial that I write up an article that everyone listening can just print out and read on their own Mm -hmm. because I know it's a ton of info. Um, But again, one thing to keep in mind is that a cyber insurance policy, it covers first and third party claims. So it, it covers your personal business, it covers your network, your expenses, but it also covers third parties. So if you know if a if a company is hacked or uh, on their network and or their email, and let's say they have outside vendors or freelancers working right. on things, um, that's gonna come, it's gonna come back to you. So quick example: let's say you're a social media marketing manager for a company, and um, you do freelance work on their website, and their website is hacked. And all the revenue comes from online purchases. This this company is going to come after you because you work on their website. And they're going to say, it's very possible that some work you did left a vulnerability in our defenses, in something. And they're going to sue you. And they will sue every single party that ever touched their website.
0: Wow. I don't know if you remember this, but this was... uh Probably about ten years ago, there was this, this fire that occurred in a um, uh, in a club in New York City, where it was this this band that was playing, and then like some pyrometric type thing or pyrotechnic you know fire started, and uh, it, it resulted in some loss of lives. And there was this, uh, I think it was an attorney that gave a presentation where she was talking about how the all the people that got sued related to this fire it was like the beer the you know the beer distributor the the owner of the building the you know the, uh, the everyone like the lighting everyone got sued because they were just casting this wide net trying to get everyone involved in this in this lawsuit so it was very interesting how that worked
1: yeah and, and that's a perfect perfect example of how um, you know the legal system works these days. Um, and really, I mean, for so long, it's worked this way where there is any sort of loss of life, God forbid, um, but even you know, loss of income, which you know, is just as important today um, mm-hmm. you know, for businesses and the way the world works, that you really and businesses really need to make sure that they have their coverage in place. So, you know, e insurance, errors and omissions and general liability. Those are the basics. Everyone should should carry those two coverages without question um, if you run run a business. Um, If you run any sort of business that ultimately is storing sensitive personal data, information on clients, even employees. Um, If you work on other companies' cyber tech uh, exposures, Really, really strongly consider cyber, whether it's through me or someone else. You know, it, it protect yourself, protect your business. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the premiums are going to be a lot less than, than a payout out of pocket. That's no question about
0: that. Seems like a, seems like a no brainer. So, um, I look forward to that article, Ben, about, uh, cybersecurity. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more meat on that bone when you write it, and I'm happy to share it with our, with our viewers and our audience. Uh, obviously you do a lot more than cybersecurity. Tell us a little bit about you, your, you know, how long you've been doing this for the, the firm that you work for and kind of what your specialties are. Sure.
1: Sure. So, um, yeah, I work for Gordon insurance. We're a small brokerage up in Northern California. Um, the business itself has been around for 40 plus years, uh, specializing in commercial real estate. Um, I've been in the business for four and a half, five years now, and just jumped head first also into commercial real estate. Um, obviously had a crazy go to support, um, over at the brokerage there. Um, I'm located in Beverly Hills, but I've got clients in Northern California, Southern California, and maybe 30 plus states right now. Wow. So it's all limited to California. Um, cyber insurance for sure is, is easy to, to go national. Um, property insurance is a little different. You know, every state has its intricacies, like Texas with the wind and uh, hurricanes on the east coast, obviously, as we're seeing. Um, but that's my specialty, really, is commercial real estate. Um, but more and more every day, cyber insurance is, is creeping in. Uh, becoming more of a of a question from clients, mm-hmm. um, just like earthquake insurance, you know, it's it's becoming more of a more of an interest.
0: Okay, well, that's the reason why we have you on today. So we're happy to have you. Thank you for for joining us, Ben. Any closing thoughts or any closing statements before we kind of uh, wrap it up?
1: Uh, all, all I'd say is, um, Ara, if if you have you know on the YouTube comments, if you want to put my email address where um, your listeners can reach out with questions. Um, I am not poaching for business, I'm not saying you have to get a quote, but off, oftentimes, you know, even as a consultant, bounce questions off me, I'm always happy to help and educate. I think, you know, that's first and foremost the most important. Um, everyone should just know what they're buying, not just sign a check or pay by credit card and, and not know what they're, what they're getting.
0: Oh, absolutely. I should have mentioned that to begin with, but we are going to put your contact information in the comment section below and it'll be very prevalent so people can reach out to you if they've got follow up questions. And I hope that they do uh, reach out to you, Ben. Um, Ben, thank you again for joining me today. This was a great presentation, really learning about all the different cybersecurity uh, insurances out there. So really appreciate your time. Thank you.
1: Thank you again. I really had a great time.
0: Okay.